Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? What do you think about Jim and Pam? Jim Halpert has always been the worst. More importantly, Jim and Pam as a whole have always been the worst. There. Hello. And welcome to romanticcomedycommentary.com, or as Sarah calls it, romcomcom.com. And as always, I'm one half of your podcasting team. I'm Justin. And I am Sarah. And I don't believe that quote. That is a quote from an angry reviewer. And I don't believe it because I think Jim and Pam are awesome. Even late later season Jim and Pam, though, Sarah. Ugh, that's just tiresome. <laughs> but at least you get to see their whole story. I appreciate that. And this week, we are going to do another commute episode about The Office. Mm-hmm. And last time we did The Teapot. And this mm-hmm. week, we are doing uh, season three, episode 23, The Job. Is that yes, what it's called? It is the final episode of season three. So in this season... Jim has at the at the very beginning of season three, he has transferred to Stanford to get away from Pam after he professed his love and she shot him down. He met Andy Bernard and Karen Filippelli and Oh shit, she has a last name? Filippelli? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know she had a last name in this show. Yeah, a Karen Filippelli. That's a pretty sweet last yeah. name. Yeah, oh. she's supposed to be Italian. Okay. Nobody knows what to do with her ethnicity. <laughs> Isn't it? She, she's Quincy Jones's daughter, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But in this in this world, apparently she's Italian. Which I'll I'll go with that. Being an Italian myself. Anyway. The Sanford branch closes. Josh sells them out and goes to Staples, the boss, and they all move to uh, Scranton and Jim is right back in his old place in Scranton but this time he's dating Karen and Pam has called off her wedding with Roy and is now single they just had uh, Michael thinks that he is a shoo-in for this uh, corporate job in New York so he brought everyone to Lake Scranton for a beach games to kind of survivor it out about who would be his replacement <laughs> and it didn't go very well but Pam kind of had a revelatory moment when she told Jim in front of everyone that she missed him and she missed their friendship it really sucks that they you know can't be the same way as they were and she's figuring out a lot about herself she walked over hot coals and so this episode michael doesn't realize it but both jim and karen are also applying for the job in new york he later finds that out and makes fun of them because he thinks that he is a shoo-in and no one else is going to get the job um so a lot of the episode revolves around Michael and Michael and Jan. Um, But there's a good amount of Karen and Jim and Karen kind of undermining Jim's relationship with Pam and Pam, you know, still being fairly truthful and, you know, being her kind of honest self coming into who she really is and what she really thinks. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, They also mentioned in this episode, I will jump, you may have just seen me chuckling to myself. They do mention 
creedthoughts.gov.www slash creedthoughts. If you uh, Google that, you can actually find the old site in the Wayback Machine on, yeah. on archive.org has it archived. And there's... Uh, it looks like there's got to be 20 or 30 entries from the from Creed's character That's on awesome. here, including the one that I was just reading about how he thinks motorcycles are the best cars because they're fast and dangerous. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he said, yeah, I was kind of like trying to screenshot what he was writing in that episode because Ryan uh, like creates a fake, a go- just like opens, a, opens yeah. a Word document and lets him just write in there because he doesn't want him to let loose on the internet <laughs> creed is probably my favorite character from the office because oh they God. give you just, just like enough the, weirdness. just enough yeah. but also again i love fan theories and there's a mm. great subreddit of fan theories and there's about a, well and there's a couple about creed because there's one episode where he mentions how he gets like a second chair and he's like and all i need is one more chair and there's all these fan <laughs> theories about why he needs do. three chairs and it's it, funny because uh, his name is Creed Bratton, mm-hmm. and he plays Creed Bratton. Like, he is Creed Bratton. Well, yeah, and I guess he's a fairly a musician. prolific yeah. musician, mm-hmm. yeah. And it looks like, looking at his, his filmography, like, he's done a fair amount of acting as well. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, he's got, what, three? No, wait, more than that. He's got, like, nine or ten albums, including the 2018 While the Young Punks Dance. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like an album I want to hear. Nice. I feel like you guys would be friends. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> Creed the character or Creed the man? Because I have to the believe man. the two the are man. very different. Okay, yeah. cool. Because yeah. I would, Creed the character is someone he is I want. out of control. <laughs> well, he's someone that I 100% would know. I mean, yeah. Oh, I, yes, I, you would. I, you I, absolutely would. I, I know some pretty sketchy yeah. people you out there. Yeah. Um, but okay, so do you have Creed's same opinion about breast augmentation? What was his? I forget what his opinion was. His was I find it, I find it offensive. And then he says, "Swing low, sweet chariot." <laughs> Sarah, I feel whatever <laughs> makes a lady comfortable in her own skin is her choice. Uh, I think there's all question, types of though. beauty. <laughs> <laughs> all types of beauty. Well, Michael clearly likes Jan's boob job. Yeah. Yeah. Did she get is did she get a boob job? No. Or that's just like a they fluffed them up real they good. Fluffed them yeah, up. Yeah, Melora Harden. One of the funniest fluffing them up things I've ever heard was Kira Knightley talking about the Pirates oh, franchise. Oh, yeah, they really shoved those up. Yeah, there. and she talked about everything that went into it and how much makeup they'd put. And like she'd see the posters in the movie theater. She's like, holy shit, when did I get boobs? <laughs> and like they, they, they really did them up for that as well. Yeah. So the, one of my favorite things in this episode, though, and this one feel felt more to me like a a microcosm of a romantic comedy like the other the other one felt like a a snippet of a part of it this felt more to me like even the comedy within it and the beats in it yeah and it felt to me more like a a michael and jan romantic comedy with other things there was more michael and jan for sure because you've got michael and jan and then you've got the love triangle of karen and Jim and Pam because everyone's at least I am still rooting for Jim and Pam and they just know that like Karen did you like Karen I think they do a good job of not making anyone the bad guy but I think it's just so clear that like they don't belong together Jim and Karen, Jim and you Karen think? yeah is it that they don't belong together that Jim isn't really over 
Pam. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they don't belong together because Jim's not with the right person. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And that's another thing we don't know how they start dating exactly because they come to back to Scranton and all of a sudden Jim and Karen are dating. Mm. You're not quite sure how that happened. Exactly. Probably the same way that it happened with Jim and Pam. I mean, they kind of show them in the, this. She shows that she likes him. Well, they're screwing around in the office. They show him kind of. Yeah, when they're playing Call of Duty and stuff. Mm. And she clearly starts to like take a fondness for him. But I don't know. It's like, I think Karen may actually be too cool for him. Like too cosmopolitan and too like. Moderny. No, not moderny. Too like. Big city. No, that's what cosmopolitan is. (laughs) (laughs) Too. I'm trying to contribute. Maybe (laughs) like she, she then like, okay, I don't want to give too much away, but she has friends in New York. They go to New York the night before and they go and do cool things. Like uh, Jim clearly doesn't know what he's doing in New York. And Karen's like, I think adult Jim is going to like this place. And they like sneak into the um, second act of spam a lot. Do people do that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. And they go to some restaurant and they meet Karen's friends. And then the next day at the interview, Jim's like, well, you don't have to wait for me. You've already done your interview. And she's like, okay, great. I'm going to go meet friends for lunch. And she like heads out. And that's her fatal flaw because she gives him enough time to be alone. And then he has a couple of things happen that make him question whether he really wants to be in New York. Yeah. Which I love so much. (laughs) Should I get into those things? You can, but let me ask before that. Sure. Sure. So then, but Pam is kind of towing the line with flirting with them. Is Pam a, is same way I, don't I asked? I think she's flirting the, with well, them. The, cause I think my they're quest, friends. Because my question is how last, the last thing we talked about the office. I think she was friend zoning him, honestly. Pam was, you think? For years. Well, for years she was. I'm talking about at this point so of this I episode. So I think she saw him as her best friend, yeah. really and truly. And wasn't thinking all that deeply about her relationship with Roy. And it was almost like, it's always off in the future. It's always off in the future. Yeah. And it really came to a head when she was about to get married to Roy and Jim professed his love at the end of season two. You know, and then season three, they... Like, she moves. didn't realize how how their relationship had actually progressed. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she looked and was like, oh, shit, we, yeah. we are more than friends, but I didn't know right. that happened. And now I don't know what to do. Then he leaves. She breaks up with Roy. And she really does honestly miss this friendship, just like I have been in that situation as well, Mm. except I really wasn't interested in the guy, whereas I think she was telling herself a lot of lies. Because when she comes, you know, she tells a couple of truth bombs at the beach episode, and then she, you know, starts being way more honest with herself and what she really wants and who she is. And she takes art classes and starts thinking about maybe going back to school and tells Jim she misses him and she misses his friendship. The same way I asked last episode if Jim was kind of the bad guy for how he he Uh-oh. was going behind, not behind Roy's back, but was actively interested See, in her. I was going to flip know. it and ask is Pam because no, I, I, I don't thought think Pam so. was being a little not over the top bad flirty, but knowing their history and that Karen's there, like I like you got to reel that in on a tighter leash. I, well, I think, think she sees them as friends and. 
she tells Karen, she says, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry about last week. You know, and Karen says, oh, well, a lot of people say things they regret. See, I don't know if she sees them as friends so much as that she sees that's the only way their relationship can progress right now. And so that's what she's putting up with. But I would would say that she doesn't see them as friends. Because at the Talking Heads interview at the very end of the episode, she says... I thought you were going to say Talking Heads concert. And I was like, I think I would have remembered that, (laughs) Sarah. (laughs) At the interview... At the very end of the episode, she says, you know what? Someday I'll find my own Karen, but like a man, like I'm not gay. You know, she like makes that clear. Mm. But I think she's very circumspect and is like, and if he, I hope he gets the job, he's going to be awesome, you know, and, and, I, and it's okay and everything's okay. And I'm glad that we were friends. So I don't think she has necessarily ulterior ulterior motives which is what's kind of heartbreaking about that episode is like she's truly sad to see him go but at Mm. peace with their relationship and everyone else is like no they have to be together you know they did do a good job stringing this out without it getting tired yeah like i don't know if they could have strung it out though like i think they had the perfect timing yeah, on. if it went one sure. season longer i think people would have it, sure. it, it would have missed the the, mm. the fever pitch that it felt like it got to because when they finally got married i, I again wasn't even like an office person mm-hmm. and like that was a big mm-hmm. that was that was a like a cultural touchstone almost that we don't see anymore in tv i feel like that was something a lot of people were excited yeah and talking about i mean that was before streaming really took off so that was still when people were actually tuning into shit yeah and i mean we still get that with like uh bird box bird box and all that but the the thing that we get those cultural touchstones, but you don't get these long buildups so much where it's like yeah. years and years of wait, you know, cause everybody just binges everything mm-hmm. like I, this slow burn that you get with these. Yeah. There's something lost there. Yeah. Okay. So getting back to the job interview, Jim and Karen go to New York the night before Michael goes that morning and Michael has just this ridiculous interview and David is just humoring him and Michael's just so sure he's going to get the job. We don't see too much of Karen's interview. And then Jim goes in and he's sitting in the waiting room and and, in the receptionist says the phone rings and she says, Dunder Mifflin, this is Cheryl or whatever. And it's like, because he's so used to seeing Pam. And then he goes into the interview. He's clearly has this good rapport with David. David asks him for his sales numbers. He hands him back and a note slips out of a, a yogurt top, a gold yogurt top that they did the oh, yeah. office Olympics. And those were the medals. And Pam had paper clipped it to a note that said, don't forget us when you're famous and had that. And, and he just looks at it and totally loses his train of thought and cannot focus on the interview. And it's like, he doesn't know what to do and cuts the commercial. Apparently they filmed multiple versions of this. So the cast didn't know what was going to happen. So they were unable to spoil it because they didn't know themselves which version they were going to go with. And then, just as Pam is telling the cameras that she does not think it would work out between her and Jim, he busts into the room and asks her out to dinner. Well, no, 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 no. Yes, huh? No, no he does. But how does he do it? Because I think that's is- very important. He says something along the lines of, what are you doing? 
or do you want to get dinner do you tonight? Do you want to get dinner tonight? And casually. And she says, or no, are you free? Are you free for dinner tonight? And she says, yes. And he goes, then it's, it's a, a date. date. And I feel like that's really important because then yes. she starts smiling. Sarah. And like tearing up. Yeah. Sarah, I've done that move before. Oh. I've done that move How'd before. Uh, not terrible. Okay, so there was I a hope gr- not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like most of these times when I come in and say I've done this, it usually is a tragic story. Crash and burn. Um, it wasn't a crash and burn, but I, I had asked a girl out that I'd been on, I'd say a couple dates. Yeah, they were dates. Um, and, but she was always trying to keep it very casual, which, you know, whatever. I mean, we had fun together. Um, and I just felt like forcing the issue for whatever reason. So I was like, oh, do you want to go to this movie thing? Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Some people. Yeah, sure. And I said, it's a date. And I remember her then following up with something along the lines of, those are some pretty pretty heavy words. And I was like, Mm. well, I said them. So we went out, I guess called it a date. We had fun. Nothing came of the relationship. She Mm -hmm. wasn't interested, but we had some, we had a fun time. Mm -hmm. But I've always, always thought that was a pretty awesome way of making it very clear what you're doing. Because I don't know how women feel about it but as guys no, like there's it. a lot of instances where you don't really know where things sit yeah. and i feel like that's a very clear way of making yeah. it here are my intentions here are what we're here's what mm-hmm. we're doing and it's very easy for you to just you know that and it's innocent it's not forceful but it makes it clear what i'm thinking yeah you know so I i've like always it. liked that instead of and i will expect a kiss <laughs> at the end that still is that's still in your crawl yeah dwight mentions in this that he was going to be paid eighty thousand dollars a year yes for for being the co-owner of a hotel in hell with with (laughs) satan uh but do you know why that's funny that he chose eighty thousand dollars would do you pull the calculator up on your phone for me real quick sarah okay oops that's not it okay type in eighty thousand dollars uh-huh Divide that by 12, as in the 12 months of the year. What oh, number do you get, Sarah? 6,666.66666. The devil's salary. Clever. Yeah, I thought that was... Found you that think on they a, did that on purpose? 100%. $80,000. You, you, <laughs> you think that they settled on that amount for a satanic bed and breakfast? Month? I don't know. I don't, I've never worked at a satanic bed and breakfast. I just <laughs> yeah. thought that was clever. <laughs> That's funny. Found it on a fan theory subreddit. Ooh. Yeah, I'm telling you, the office is all over this uh, fan theory subreddit. Mm-hmm. And the way he says, then it's a date. And just kind of like looks at her. And he's got the new haircut. New improved Jim? Yes. The new haircut Jim. Because he apparently was in the movie Leatherheads that was filming. That's right. And had to. George Clooney. Yeah. And had to get a haircut. And they just put that into the script. I The reason also I like that it's a date thing is that it was such a good payoff. And it, it just felt like. Yeah. The, the a way to release the valve that had been building for so many years and get mm-hmm. that pressure out, but it's so subtle and it's so casual, but it's, it's like the very but this giant, it felt like a very giant moment. And again, yeah. as someone that's like had that type, I mean, literally like it's a date moment with a girl, not a girl that I chased for like yes. three, four years, yeah. but like th- that release of finally expressing your interest in someone after you've chased for a little bit, that does feel like, I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but like someone that you've pined after for maybe no. months or a year or whatever to finally get it out there mm-hmm. and, and not have it negatively reciprocated, you know, to actually have it. Yeah. For, it it's, it's like, it's one of the best feelings in the world to have that weight off your shoulders. Yeah. And so when he does that, I feel that. I really feel that moment. Hmm. It's one of my most sincere TV romantic <laughs> comedy <laughs> moments that I, I just loved. 
another favorite part of this episode for me, though, and I am excited to hear if you've had an experience like this, is that when Jan shows up, and mm-hmm. Michael had had a previous relationship with Jan that was a train wreck, right. and he had obviously told the women in the office mm-hmm. to not let him date Jan again. Yeah. And when Jan shows up, she gets a boob job, and he just goes gaga. Yeah. And he goes into the room where all the women are, and it's basically <laughs> a group of women well, telling him- Well, he doesn't know no- yet that she had a boob job. She has a jacket on. Yeah. And he goes, she's like, I think that we need to reconsider our relationship. And he's like, hold on a minute. And he goes into the conference room and is like, she wants to get back together. And then they're like, no, Michael, you were miserable with him, her. You know, it was a terrible relationship. He walks back in and Jan has her jacket off and like her boobs are so up there. What I want to know if you've had an experience of, though, have you ever had a group of friends that you've had to expressly tell, I cannot control myself when it comes Mm -hmm. to this person. Mm -hmm. You need to, for my better sense, talk me out of if I if I try to go back with them. Have you ever had a similar experience at all? No. No, I've never had like friends to tell, like, get me away from this person. I have not had like an unhealthy relationship where I needed where friends were like, usually when something was over for me, it just, it's all, it just for whatever reason it's, it's been done. Mm -hmm. Not that it will always continue like that, but it just, it was, that was the end of it. Mm -hmm. But I did once or twice leave myself uh, a a small audio recording of, if you ever think of contacting (laughs) them again, you know, like if you ever get lonely and want to just email them, Mm -hmm. listen to this. So I've left and that felt like a Michael Scott moment that I left myself just like a a recording that was like, listen, man, I know you're going to get lonely, but remember this moment, like, things weren't that good don't do it and i don't think i ever listened to i think i probably did it once or twice i don't think i listened to them so i didn't rely on anyone else i for some reason thought i would convince me the best yeah yeah that's good yeah but i you know i i liked that part though because it also felt very sincere because i know i have been on the friend side for another friend when they go back to someone and you had to be like no like you told me yeah and then the person never listens and they go back with them no and so you can't really tell them no you always know that they're gonna get back with them so you can never say anything bad so when you're trying to convince them not to go back with them you can't give them the real meat you can't be like no she treated you like garbage and all this like you have to hold back it's a ludicrous scenario to be in yep i've done it too You've been on the other side then. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, but I haven't ever been able to like actually be like, he's a dumbass. <laughs> he's the worst. Even though I wanted to. When do you think that time is after a breakup that you can eventually give someone your real impression of an ex? Only if they ask. And But even then, is it like you want to wait like a year? You want to wait for like one or two significant relationships to happen? Or you just never can really I give them the full on? I think once they're in another on, relationship, yeah. Then you think you can give the mm-hmm. full on honest opinion? Yeah. <sighs> There's a couple of friends that I'm pretty sure if they ask me right now, my, even if they ask me to give my real honest opinion of things that happened in a college, in a, hmm. you know, like that, like 10 years ago. Hmm. <sighs> I'm thinking Justin would have to keep his mouth shut because mm. even now I'm pretty sure it would not be well received. A couple. Oh, really? I think one or two that they would not want to hear the like, hmm. yeah, she was 
not good for you. You are much better <laughs> off now. This was a nightmare. Yes. <laughs> I just like Karen. <laughs> Poor Karen. Karen, that's the only unsatisfying thing of this episode is that Karen doesn't really get an ending. Yeah. She's just gone. Well, then she shows up in a later season yeah. pregnant, but even then it's... Well, she shows up first as the branch manager of Utica. Yeah. And they... Michael wants to, like, play a trick on her, and Jim comes to try to stop them and then ends up having a really awkward interaction with her in which he tells her that he's with Pam and they're really happy. And she's like, oh, you came here to, like, break my copier and tell me oh, cause that's how when he was in the happy you are? Dwight, Dwight <laughs> and Michael and him all dressed up in repairman yeah. outfits. Yeah. But that was... With uh, mustaches. Yes. Yeah. That was... And then later, yeah. Pregnant. Uh, but at the end of that season, you're just like, oh. Hi, Karen. <laughs> I think I'm more she on She didn't the... know. She was like walking into the worst situation. She had no idea, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks for her because she came into, she moved, came into a new yeah. office, thought she had a boyfriend. It The writing was on the wall from the beginning. This poor woman has to move just because yeah. like two people for made the timing finally work, even though it hurt, right. you know, really put her in a terrible position. And then position. all those people from. <laughs> Stanford end up quitting. Like every single person but Andy Bernard. Except Andy. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of sad. I think I'm on Jim's side here as far as New York. Like he seemed to like it, but he could leave it. Yeah. You know, some people just, I, I'm, I don't, we've talked about this before. He's not I'm a just, big city person. Yeah. I'm just, I, I like him. I can go there. I can visit. I can have a good time. It has no allure for me as a place to live. No, God, absolutely I don't zero. Yeah. It has yeah. zero appeal. Same with like, even Chicago, where you can get out in the suburbs, zero appeal to yeah, me. I don't want to LA, zero appeal to me. Yeah. Now, Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Portland is awesome. I've never been I would there. Live in Portland. Well, I've been told if I go, I won't be coming back. Yeah, so I, it's I'm trying place. to put off going. It is a great place. No, New York. I don't want to live in New York. Love to visit. Love to go back. I have one other, I have one other question. And then mm-hmm. if there's anything else you want, or we can after that dive into the tropey sure. type stuff. Uh, there is a funny moment in this, Michael, when Michael thinks he has the job and is going to be leaving Scranton. Mm-hmm. He starts playing a Natalie Merchant song, Kind and Generous, as his mm-hmm. outro so song. Kind. That's the one. I'm about to thank you for it. Yeah, but on a tiny little tape recorder, and it's like really like <laughs> bad. <laughs> Do you have, if you were going to have a going out song, like I'm like going out high and I'm just saying my goodbyes and walking out the door, not like you're going out for the evening, getting pumped up, but like a right off into the sunset sort of Hmm. song. Do you have one in mind? Because I I have one that we used to use in high school and 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 it's very. What would you use it for in high school? At the end of like a, a night, we would put it on as we were driving everybody home and we'd recount the night as though we were doing a voiceover at the end of a movie. Oh my God. I know. I was so cool. And <laughs> of course, funny. oh, and of course it's, it's a song that is so cliche. I even, I, for it, I, I almost hate to say it, but we would drive home at the end of the night to drop people off uh-huh. to Tuesday's Gone. Oh, wow. And we'd go through. Heavy. The, yeah. And we'd go down. We'd be like, that night was a really good night. 
I'll never forget the friendships I made and the times we had. <laughs> it's like Wonder Years. Yeah, no, that's what we would do. And this wasn't a once or twice occasion. This was like, I would say 50% of the times. Um, my Jared, who actually recommended uh, that we do these mini episodes. Yeah. Uh, Pat, who will hopefully be a guest one day. Donna yeah. Ho, who has been a guest and mm-hmm. that. So, no, it's most of my friends from high school that you've <laughs> met. Um, Joe, Joe, that does the intro songs, yeah, like him too. Funny. And we would, I would say 50% of the night, it would end with Tuesday gone at us oh recounting God. it you know just the friendships you make going through kroger late at night and running up and down the aisles sure it was silly but i haven't laughed that hard in years <laughs> in years <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> so wow do you but 16 year old just would there be any song that you would love to be like you're saying goodbye that's the I closest mean, the one I can that get. comes to mind is closing time yeah because we used to um close close up at fountain point and and i would sing that to myself as i'm like wandering through the 120 year old place turning off all the lights and trying not to be freaked out at 10 o'clock at night closing up closing time no one come jump out at me (laughs) please don't murder me in the shadows (laughs) just when you get a drink you go down to the bonfire and yeah and then i never knew that like I just knew that you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I knew that line, and then someone yelled that. One of the bartenders at a bar one time turned on all the lights and yelled that, and I was like, "Oh my god, people say that? <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> oh, I uh, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here." Well, because it was a song that we got when we were what, yeah, in really, eighth yeah. grade or something or 14, and yeah, yeah i didn't again the whole song i didn't realize that there was a time that bars kicked people out yeah oh when i found out bar clothes yeah. was a I was thing like, what is that i felt like it, why did they turn on all the lights <laughs> my head exploded when someone explained to me how they set the clocks oh really yeah because i had a girlfriend that was a bartender and yeah um actually no it was before that i was in college everybody knows bar time but when you look up and like your phone says 150 and the clock says 215 they're mm-hmm. like last call or whatever i'm like what's going on somebody had to explain like they set them ahead so the drunks think that they're getting more time than they yeah. really are and then they kick them out it's a way of keeping drunks from getting pissed off i was like yeah. ah bar time it works it's the best <laughs> that's funny all right. Well, getting into the elements of romantic comedies in this episode, I feel like this fits a lot more. There is, you know, the same kind of setup and everything. Of course, the reason uh, the reason they can't be the, together has changed. Now Jim's with Karen and Pam is single, so it's kind of turned on its head. But everything else is the same. The jobs of the protagonist, the location, although they do spend some time in New York. Certainly a screwball comedy subgenre for sure. Oh, when Jan loses her mind when she loses her yeah. job, that is a hundred percent a screwball reaction. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. Because Michael didn't realize he was applying for Jan's job and they were gonna let Jan go because of her erratic behavior. And I feel like um Andy Buckley plays that so well. He plays David Wallace and God, he's so good in that role. He just plays that put upon manager so well. yeah and when he loses it in later seasons too you can believe yeah. it oh yeah definitely and michael's like put off by <laughs> how weird he's being but um i mean and it's just so perfect for michael to have he says something like 
two weeks ago, I was in the worst relationship of my life. And now I'm in the best relationship with, of my life. And imagine that it's with the same woman. And it's like, he's so thrilled about her boob job. And Jan has been struggling for so long with her self-esteem and all this shit she's working through with her divorce and her therapist. And then she goes and gets a boob job. And it's like, oh, that's when she really descends from like a, <laughs> like a I don't know a more ancillary character to just an absolute nut job like she is here purely for comedy now well there is one episode maybe we'll do it at some point where she does have a moment of sincerity with Michael where he goes to the train tracks to like run mm-hmm. away and she finds him and like that yeah. was the one moment of sincerity you saw with that character it was like yeah. you stood by me I'll stand by you yeah. but you're right she is a but their relationship case. is so toxic holy shit the later episodes where she has a kid and yeah. they show like Astrid. the yeah and she sings the song to Pam mm-hmm. that she sings about oh my it was no matter how hard I tried oh my god sweet talking to me well so do you think this this felt more like a rom-com to me, than the the teapot. Episode. I think it's because there is an ending. Because this is the very end of the season. There is a lot of wrapping up. There's kind of a clear demarcation, and there's kind of a satisfying conclusion to Jim and Pam. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with them in the next season, but it's like, oh my god, they finally go out on a date. It's finally happening. Yeah. Well, and, and even with the Michael and Jan thing, it, it felt like there was a more overt conflict in this one because in the other one, Roy was there, but he was like in the background for most of it. Yeah. With this, like Karen's front and center and yeah. then Jan losing her job as a conflict in the episode is mm-hmm. right in front of your face. Yeah. For me, that was even more than the wrap up. To me, that there was like a true in your face, overt, conflict. pivotal to this episode conflict yeah. versus Roy that was just, yeah. he's there for several seasons, but it's not right. like he was more present That's in that than true. anything else. There's a lot that happens. And big decisions happen in this episode jan does lose her job michael decides not to go for the position he was never going to get jim breaks up with karen and asks pam out and decides not to go for the new york job i mean big 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 decisions huge pivotal moments that shape the rest of the entire series Mm. I bet as we go on, we're going to find that if it's later in a season, it does feel more rom commy and impactful. For sure, yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of curious how yeah. that that goes. Yeah. So you know what? We've done two offices, and we'll probably do a couple later. Mm-hmm. Is The Office as a whole, as a TV series, do you think it's going to end up being more of a romantic comedy than anything else? Because it's not just... It's not just Pam and Jim. There's Dwight and Angela mixed in there. Yeah. There's um there's Michael and Amy Ryan. Michael and Holly. There, there's Michael and Holly. Yeah, yeah, there's Michael and Holly mixed in there too. I mean, there's two, three, four real yeah. romances in the show that become a pivotal part of it. Mm-hmm. And again, the best episodes, it seems like if you remove those romances, they're just normal sitcom yeah they things. don't and there's always kelly and ryan going oh god on, i love you know? kelly and ryan it's like the office romances in general keep the show afloat and they just add weirdness to an already ridiculous cast you know they they keep it alive yeah so maybe for the tv shows maybe instead of really saying is this a rom-com 
maybe it's asking after seeing this episode, do you think this series skews towards being one giant romantic comedy? Hmm. Maybe that's a question to ask. Cause I mean, cause we're going to do some others. Listeners. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. What do the listeners think? I guess. Yeah. They could, they could let they us can, know their they side can as well. Weigh in on this. Yeah. I just uh, don't know. We'll have to watch some more. We will watch some more. Oh, I did want to bring up one other thing. We like Pam. Pam wasn't trying to steal Jim in this one. Okay. That, that's all well and good. Mm-hmm. What what happens to them if they don't get together? Do their feelings just go away? Do you think in that instance, like they work in an office, they have well, feelings be, like that? Well, he'll get the job in New York. I'm, I'm saying what if, yeah, yeah. I think that if he wanted it, he would have gotten the job in New York. David loves him. But he... And then you think that if he just moved there, that would be that, and he'd always his feelings would just go away, and he'd move on. Or do you think he just always his feelings would go away, but he'd move on? Yeah. (laughs) So would she. Sad. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they found their timing. Okay, I don't. I think that's pretty good for a a second commute episode. Thanks. Hope you all enjoyed your commute. Yeah. Thanks for the idea, Jared. <laughs> Hopefully this worked out good for you and other people who that's may right. be commuting. Or you can listen to it not commuting. Yeah. I think listen that's okay. Listen to it while you're washing dishes. It could be a dish episode mm-hmm. or a sweeping episode. The sweeping's loud. Or shoveling. It could be a shoveling episode. Mm-hmm. I was doing drywall today. This could yeah. be a drywall episode. Yeah. A lot of ways to listen to this. It's true. Well, as long as you have fun while you're doing it. Like <laughs> the fun while you <laughs> listen. <laughs> like the fun I've had with you, Sarah. Oh yes. I had fun. <laughs> well, I did too, but it seems like you had more fun than I did. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> you say it twice. <laughs> I'm gonna say it three times. I had even more fun. Oh boy. <sighs> Thanks for listening. the dog.